A very warm welcome to all our listeners in our season two of Insiders Talk. I have with me today Mr. Sanjay Ghare. He is the co-founder and CEO of Verbotech, an award-winning data management company in global technology sector. And it's aiming to organize the world's accommodation data. Now, accommodation data means it's a travel tech company, and I can understand the amount of data that Verbotech would be handling to make sure that the companies are running smoothly. So, uh, Sanjay, before we get into Verbotech and get more detail into, you know, how you're handling the business and how your journey has been, if you can just share with our uh, listeners, you know, who Sanjay Gare is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Veronica. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, I am, uh, you know, uh, born in, a, uh, you know, uh, Pune. Uh, I did my... Uh, college and everything from Pune. I am an engineer uh, from an education standpoint. Uh, I had been a technologist, worked on uh, travel and technology both for last 15 years. Uh, you know, worked for some travel tech companies in the past and which has eventually led me uh, into my entrepreneurship journey in the travel tech. So that's a kind of quick background. So, um, Sanjay, when was the first time you felt that, you know, uh, because, yes, you have 15 years of uh, experience dealing with technology and in the travel domain, but, you know, what was the main trigger point for you to convert yourself into an entrepreneur and start Verbotech where, you know, you would be dealing with uh, managing huge amount of data for the travel companies? Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, first of all, you know, starting something of, uh, of my own has always been there, you know, on there, uh, you know, uh, in my list. And uh, I tried multiple things in the past also, uh, which may not be related to travel. But eventually, I have realized that it is very important to focus on a domain where you have some understanding. And that's why I realized I should do something in travel tech rather than doing just something. Uh, and second is, you know, when I looked at travel, I had seen so many problems. Uh, but what I realized is there are many tech companies, a lot of companies are solving the tech problems, booking engines and so on. Uh, but no one is really, you know, uh, focusing on a data. And last seven, eight years, uh, you know, data has been always uh, at the forefront. Everyone knows that it's very important, uh, but it's not easy to get into that. Uh, and that's how around six years back, you know, I've decided that we should get into something which is related to data. Uh, it is not just a pure technology, but it's also about data uh, curation and processing. Uh, so that's how we pick this particular problem. Of course, when I say data, uh, you know, hotels, I have worked very extensively on the hotels and flights uh, side of technology in the past. Uh, and flights, you know, technology is that way pretty matured but hotel segment is very fragmented because every other hotel gets started every other day in the you know mm -hmm. uh, every day. so because of that it's such a moving piece data processing is not something which can be done manually it needs extensive AI algorithms to do in real time and every minute it needs some updates so that's how you know I have kind of closed down on let's work on this uh, mm -hmm. around six years back so when you started six years back, see, uh, like as an entrepreneur, you need people, right, to at least start your company because you can't do everything from, uh, say, 
you know, uh, getting the leads, marketing, and then the sales, then getting the project, uh, developing the algorithms based on the requirement of the company, and then rolling it out, uh, giving out the execution, <laughs> closing, and giving the post-production support, right? So when you were building your first team, which is which would be your core team at that point of time, what are the steps did you take? Did you get people that you already knew through the years of experience of working that you had, or there was some other process that you followed to get your first team together? Uh, yeah, that, that that's a great question, and I think you know, uh, as I said, you know, I have realized it's better to work in the travel tech where I know the things. The good part of that, it simplifies everything. Uh, because I spent my 15 years in the travel take, there are many good friends, good people I know who are in the similar space. So people I needed for the problem I'm trying to be, uh, you know, I'm trying to solve. It was very easy to get all the people from my network. Mm -hmm. And it's not only applicable for people, it is also applicable for first initial customers, first vendors, all of it can come from your past relationships. So networking is a key, right, for any entrepreneur to start with. Absolutely. Lovely. So it it acts like you said, right? You you started a lot of things before you started Vervotech, but you know that Vervotech succeeded. Reason being that you came from this domain, you understood this domain, and plus you had connects within the domain to get that initial push oh, yeah. for the company. Correct, correct. So that's, you know, one of the key thing, Veronica, I would mm -hmm. not say that's the thing. The reason earlier things failed and the reason this, you know, was successful uh, is also the learning from failures help you to build something successful. Mm -hmm. So in addition, this is in a known domain and everything. I think one more key thing is whenever I started in the past, I always started myself in a doubt, keeping the option or plan B on the table. Uh, as an example, if this doesn't work, I'll go back and do this again and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. when I started this, I started with the intention that there is no looking back, there is no plan B, it is in my domain. So if you think when we started six years back in a year's time, pandemic came mm -hmm. and COVID had impacted the travel industry like never before. Right. But still we survived because I don't have a choice of going back. I haven't taken a sabbatical to do a startup. I have left everything. There is no income. Mm -hmm. I made sure that from my previous jobs, I had enough cash created for my family to survive during a couple of years. So all those, I think the planning was great. And at the same time, there was no plan B or there was nothing you know, else for me to go back. Uh, otherwise, uh, this could have failed too. Uh, but because there was nothing else, I think we kept moving, kept moving till the time we started seeing some success. Oh, that's that's interesting. You know, that is one of the learnings that is quite, uh, uh, it's it's something to ponder on, I would feel. That, you know, if, if you don't have a cushion to fall back on, and you know that, you know, there is no cushion to fall back on, it's going to hit you hard. You make sure that you don't fall that hard and keep working and making sure that, you know, even if you're struggling, but somehow you get on to the stability and then to the success of the business and, you know, take it to, I don't know, whatever is your vision to go with your company with. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So, um, I agree. So because uh, you already knew the problems in the travel domain and you knew, knew that, you know, travel tech meant people were creating search engines and the algorithms, right, to find out uh, for bookings and everything. So that is not the area that you wanted to de deal into. So 
why do you think data organization uh, within the travel industry uh, is such a pain point uh, before Verbotech came into and why they were not able to handle that particular, you know, huge amount of data that comes into their uh, system uh, properly? Yeah, I think, you know, I would say, uh, you know, there are a lot of technology startups and technology space is, is huge. But when you look at the people who can handle data or, you know, you look at the data scientist or data analytics guys, the number of people or the skilled people in the uh, this domain are very less. Mm -hmm. And because of that, if there is a problem and 100 people trying to solve that problem versus only two people trying to solve the problem, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the chances of, uh, you know, the reason only two people are trying to solve the problem because problem is complex. But if you're able to solve, you would be more, much more successful than solving a problem which 100 more people are trying to solve. So I think that's uh, what uh, fundamentally the difference between the uh, travel tech startups generally versus travel tech startups focusing on data. Uh, there was a less, this is uh, working on a data problem is a much lesser crowded, uh, you know, business, uh, I would say. And mm -hmm. that's the reason it was very for us to penetrate. There was only few companies who are trying to do this, only one who has done for quite some time. So it is very easy. Versus if I try to book an engine, there would be 300 companies who are doing that already. Right. Uh, yeah, less crowded space uh, helped us as we were able to solve the problem. Right. So uh, against your competitors, right, how do you how do you market Verbotech uh, saying that this is the differentiator or this is the additional thing that my company can do for you, which my uh, competitors can't and that might be an edge for you to, you know, uh, gather more clients? So, so honestly, I would say, uh, uh, I, I will not say that, you know, there is something which we are doing and competitor can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's exactly like that. Uh, it is more about what you're delivering constantly more. And while your competitors are catching up on those things, if those things, uh, you know, catch an eye from customers, your competitors will catch up on that. But by the time they catch up on that, you figure out new things. So it is a constant journey. As an example, when we started, uh, the data processing companies were doing their job, but they were never giving any visibility to the actual process data and what percentage is going into errors, what percentage they're able to solve and what percentage they're not able to solve. Mm -hmm. We started with giving the visibility. Our percentages were when we started or our, uh, I would say, processing accuracy and capability was much lesser than the competitors, but no one was actually publishing it. When we started publishing it, then people also started publishing it because they realized they are better. And then we kept working on it. We Our number becomes better. So that's the you know key differentiator when we started. In today, we keep doing more about three more things, and one of them is something you know customer likes the most. And I know the moment we do something which customer starts demanding from the our competitors, they will build it in coming time. But mm -hmm. by the time they catch up on that, we build something else. This is how you know it has been an ongoing journey. Correct. So, uh, so initially what I've understood is being transparent with your uh, customers has really helped you because they feel that they are not, they know exactly what you're doing with their data. And that is building Correct. trust, right? Yeah. Uh, because you're handling their data basically. 
so there has to be some kind yeah. of a trust factor for a new company yeah. to come in and uh, uh, deliver whatever they want to absolutely and everyone knows that no one can do the 100% uh, right. accurate and 100% covered job anyone will be able to do a part of it and there would be some percentage which cannot be handled but people were always scared of you know small small things mm-hmm. even you know i'll give another example uh, in data processing none of the companies used to publish their pricing on the website mm-hmm. when we started we started with the public pricing on the website so these are the small small things say it loudly and if something doesn't work you change it but keep it in front of everyone very transparently very openly has always helped us to kind of gain the confidence uh you know for our customers yeah because uh, pricing is like uh, one of the things where entrepreneurs probably shy away maybe for one of the reasons that you know we have competitors they would know you know what is our uh, uh, charges that we are or what is the proposal charges that we are giving to our uh, clients and we will be quite open and they get scared about it because they feel that the competitors might charge a little bit less but what i have understood is that it has worked in your favor reason being the transparency has created a lot of trust so that is definitely a good learning at least for me i would say that you know these these things do work out because um, how how do you think that you know um, at times what happens is see obviously when when you are uh, building up a proposal because you want to win a project there is always always somebody who is going to ch- who is going to you know propose something higher and somebody who is going to propose something which is lower right but at the end of the day the client wants extremely good quality service with a budget the a proposal that comes into that budget right so how much do you think an entrepreneur should uh, probably negotiate or work on the pricing with the client just with the aim of winning that proposal yeah i think you know uh, when it is uh, it is very different at every stage of your company mm-hmm. okay as an example you have a zero revenue you want your first customer right uh, you know you may actually even give it for free but you just want a customer so that you can get a feedback and you can validate it right, right. so it really depends on the stage of the company need of the company and the plan of the company at the end of the day market is huge and you have to keep changing your strategy so mm-hmm. as an example at this point of time we think like an iphone that this is our public pricing and i know that everyone cannot afford iphone but that's okay it's it's mm-hmm. if they are not able to afford it that's absolutely fine but there is a huge customer base out of the total uh, phone customers who can afford iphone which is good enough mm-hmm. so now that way that okay let's keep getting the customers who can afford a set a price which we are offering and keep moving that way instead of going into negotiation and spending time for each customer but this is the stage we have reached now you know mm-hmm. in last few months so it's not a stage for last 5 years so i would say negotiating to in without any limit uh 6 years back to today mm-hmm. where we don't want to negotiate is a journey and everyone has to decide based on uh, at what stage company is and how much you need that customer as an example today also we negotiate on a case by case basis as an example if we are going, going into a new market i will able to sign a big logo but our competitor is beating us for the price mm-hmm. we will go that as an exception and acquire them at a discounted price so that 
acquiring that first customer will allow us to you know create a presence there do some marketing do press release and keep acquiring more customers so it depends on a need for few customers uh, we still do it at a without limit kind of thing but mm-hmm. most of them do any negotiation mm-hmm. wow and and with this mindset like you know uh, what what i have seen is that robotech has around 200% year on year increase you know since you started 6 years back you have a global footprint and you're working with 1000 plus travel brands so i don't know how much of data you are handling over there you have 400 supplier integrations your ebitda is about 30 plus i mean all this is really amazing to achieve in 5 years i have just one word question for you how yeah i think uh, the uh, one word answer is hunger we were very hungry for the success oh lovely uh, as, as an example you know i think third year into our existence uh, not exact third year but two and half year it's like the financial third year mm-hmm. uh, we uh, had a target for ourselves that we will get 100 customers this was very very aggressive we never saw that kind of growth in any of our past roles anything uh, but we achieved it so i think you know setting up the very ambitious targets and uh, going for it uh, has been always our approach i would say we were a set of uh, you know people who knows certain areas of things but when it comes to alignment and when it comes to our goals we were a 100% aligned company as an example the entire company meeting which we do every month right now i used to do it every week uh, for initial few years mm-hmm. uh, everyone is aligned everyone is aware of everything going on so that there is no waste of time very lean uh, but very very hungry so i think our hunger for a more has uh, you know took us here we were never shy of anything uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to business so this is this is really i i love the thing that you said hunger is how we achieved with what you wanted and the other thing is that you know you made sure that the goals whatever was set was aligned throughout your company so that people or the employees or your associates they knew exactly what the where the company wants to be say by end of this financial year like you said like you know third year your target was to get 100 customers and you and you really got that so that's that's really amazing so what all things that you keep in mind when you are setting the goals uh for you know this year this is what my company needs to do what are the main points that you keep in mind before discussing it out and making sure that these are reasonable uh, maybe overachievable is okay because everybody wants to look at the top right but they are reasonable to achieve in this particular year so i think you know now as we have grown uh, we started being more reasonable about what is practical what is not practical mm-hmm. uh, but initial 3 4 years we were not very reasonable we were what we really need to achieve we had certain targets uh, of the value we are creating the size of we are creating so i would say we were not uh, very i would say reasonable or there was no justification when i said we will do 100 clients right it's just that we should do that because that's what will make us feel like you know we we have done it and we are at the right you know pace mm-hmm. 
so initially it were uh, the targets or goals were uh, you know just the gut feeling that this is what we need no matter what as we grown we learned and we started being slightly scientific slightly uh, based on data practical uh, but when it comes to uh, actual goals we never had huge goals we look at everything as a side effect it was all about how we are growing in revenue are we losing any revenue and why and what are the margins we had and uh, when we look at margins we actually for first 3 and 1/2 years always worked on zero ebitda not because we don't had margins but whatever margins we were able to create from uh, whatever we are doing uh, we were only spending that on the growth so let's say we have some you know profit generated this month mm-hmm. we will start additional expense which can go you know add the additional growth in the next month so that way on paper we ended up in spending everything we are making back in business for initial few years so that we can grow fast okay so so uh, you know when you when you talk about goal setting and all the the next thing that comes into mind is the team right because it's the team that is working to ensure that you know these goals are met at operational level sales level marketing level and everything that all the operations right that comes with it so uh, do you have a system in place that you know that probably assesses the team health as well to understand you know uh, if their morale is going down why is it going down how are you helping them and you know if there is any kind of activities that you do to make sure that you know yes it is stressful today but tomorrow it will be fun and we'll compensate so what are the different steps that your company takes i think i think uh, honestly it was never stressful for any one of us you know we had been always enjoying and i had been saying you know one line to uh, my entire team always we don't have anything to lose what we are you know creating here is from zero we haven't taken a legacy business from our parents you know which we have to manage or grow we are creating from a zero and we cannot go below zero so we had always enjoyed mm-hmm. i would not say it was ever stressful honestly second is you know i think uh, we have we have been very transparent very accountable uh, you know culture where people feel accountable for things and things are very transparent where people f- you know feel empowered which has been at the heart of everything but most important veronica honestly mm-hmm. people have family they have their friends they have their relationship right. the reason people come to office is to be professionally successful and financially wealthy right so we had been clear that we talk about it very nicely and very transparently so as we started making you know making profits after a few years we had been taking the part of the profits and it always go back to the entire company and everyone is aligned with a very clear understanding of what are the numbers you know how each department is going to contribute how the share is going to come back to each department so all those things we have done mm-hmm. uh, which makes financially successful because in my opinion while working while feeling happy while growing learning uh, everyone needs to be financially successful right uh, and financially you know uh, their needs should be met uh, which we had you know always kept as a uh, you know i would say important uh, item and then we talked about it very transparently as well 
Right, because I think the things are changing when it comes to the work culture in India as well, right? Um, I started I started working somewhere in 2004 and I remember the first, I would say, gyan that I got from my manager then was, oh, you're not married and all. I was like, no, okay, come on Saturdays, you should learn something, you know, show that you have the, uh, you know, the energy and the zeal to learn new things and all that and that will help you grow within the company. So now when I sit back and think yeah, about yeah. the different Saturdays that I went over there and I was sitting in the library, I mean, I could have done the same thing at home as well, right, in the morning. But the fact that I wanted to swipe my card and if anyone checked, okay, so-and-so employee had come into the company and the manager telling me. Uh, but now I think the employees or the generation has changed or the work culture has changed or probably I think the managers have changed because now we are the managers or, you know, the business owners. We feel that if it is an open environment to work in, it is much better and much healthier. Yeah, I think uh, this is, is a good point, Veronica, you know. Uh, especially on this work culture, I have a very different view. Okay, mm -hmm. In my opinion, first of all, it is misunderstood. Working a lot uh, is, you know, is important. That's not how it is. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, it is everyone's choice. And how much you want to do, how much you want to work, it really depends on your personal priorities as well. Okay. okay. So, as an example, when I was fresher, uh, and I was trying to work and I, you know, I preferred, you know, just staying late, working 16 mm -hmm. hours a day. I was enjoying, I was doing it. Okay. Versus today, I wanted to go back at six o'clock and spend time with my kid. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think this uh, can that, okay, one should work. And, and I would say even someone is fresher as an example. Mm -hmm. I don't get it else in my life but someone else may have a plan they may be preparing for some higher studies Aye, exactly they have, you know, hobbies they may have this may be there whatever it is a personal choice okay this gan or this philosophy that you should work hard or you should not work hard i think all of that doesn't make sense even you know a lot of times it is not only this way it is other way also if someone wants to sit and spend 16 hours a day people tell him why are you doing this? Don't you have a work and life? That's also wrong, you know. Yeah, I think, fun. you know, if someone has a, someone enjoys the work and that's his life or that's her life, it's absolutely okay. It is everyone's choice. I think work-life balance becoming a point and the processes and what, I think everyone should decide for their own what they want to do uh, and how much they want to do. Uh, and it is absolutely fine if someone is hungry and they want to work 16 hours a day and become an architect in two years instead of seven years mm -hmm. it is absolutely fine but if someone is very happy in what they are doing in what capacity and what hours it's an individual choice we should not uh, you know try to push it one way or other way uh, there would be people you know who want to do things differently mm -hmm. and it should be respected that way yeah, this is this is a very good point you raised, actually. See, what I shared was my perspective, right? Because this is what I believe that should be done. What you what you raised was very right. Like if somebody by nature is a workaholic because he or she is enjoying 
uh, working okay. and you know being uh, there at a longer hours and thinking is achieving instead of achieving for next six years let me work hard for two three years and achieve what I want and probably then I'll have a very easy life to go with that is his life goal or her life goal so that's a really good point that you know work-life balance is probably individualistic rather than something very general which we try to you know stamp on everyone that you know weekends are just for yourself or so and so days are just for yourself do take out time based on what your goals are correct correct so if if you enjoy to be you know learn the new technology you may spend a weekend on that not for company because at the end of the day you know and this is how today generation is thinking veronica if i'm working for a company not for a salary salary is a side effect no matter what i do i'll get some money right but what I'm doing, how much I'm enjoying and how much I'm learning and building myself for the future is equally important. And that's how people plan it. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, definitely, you know, back in 2004 and today, uh, the world has changed. Uh, it's evolved uh, very positively. Yeah, that is, that is really true. So, uh, you know, uh, you have the team, you have everything. I just wanted to ask you one more thing regarding the company was that when you started the company, was it bootstrapped or you had investors already? Or at what stage you started uh, looking for investors uh, through the six years of journey? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we uh, started as a bootstrap company. We had a plan of getting into uh, a funding once we have a product and initial six customers uh, so one year was the target but what happened is by the time we got a product and we got initial customers you know onboarded uh, COVID came travel gone to zero and no one was really looking at you know investment uh, and the good part is because of that we kept building product we don't had a choice we don't had an option of giving up we keep keep building product we got more time to build the product because uh, customers were not coming mm -hmm. and during I mean, only large customers were developing technology and using this time. So we ended up in signing up large customers. And by then, pandemic has stretched so much that by the end of the pandemic, we realized that we don't need money much. Why don't we spend time behind investment? So we kept going ahead. Uh, last year, 2023 August, we got acquired by a company called Constellation Software. Okay. It's a company... It's a company, uh, a public listed company in uh, Toronto Stock Exchange. It's the eighth largest software company in the world. So honestly, we never actually went for funding. We just got acquired directly. Uh, we were profitable. We had a good growth. We were, you know, getting, uh, you know, we are we were having good EBITDA. But again, the reason we got uh, into acquisition is leveraging the ecosystem of a parent company to grow faster into certain markets, especially Europe and South America. Uh, so yeah, to answer to your question, we are now, uh, you know, already got acquired mm -hmm. and we never went for funding because of pandemic, you know, it just got late. Right. Was this in your mind that over a period of time, uh, like, you know, uh, we would get acquired or we are open for companies to buy us or, that that this also happened organically for you. Uh, yeah, it, it is more of organic. I would say we were never against the idea of acquisition, mm -hmm. but we were thinking that we wanted to get acquired or we wanted to get acquired this soon. 
the only reason is and we never spoke there were other companies who approached in the past also for acquisition mm-hmm. we never intended anyone actually the reason we got acquired uh, by constellation is because they have 14 other companies in travel they acquired and all of them became a huge synergy for us into certain markets hmm. so for those markets instead of spending next 5 to 7 years to develop those markets through this acquisition we are able to achieve all of that in 12 to 18 months and that's the reason we considered the acquisition as a great exit but at the same time taking company to another level right that's that's really amazing uh, i mean you you are utilizing what constellation has already has in terms of the market size and utilizing it for vertex to expand over there yeah yeah correct correct oh that's that's great so uh, like you said right in uh, you started building a product then you were planning to go for investment but then the covid hit so you build in more products so can you just uh, give us an idea about you know what are the different products that vertex is handling yeah yeah so uh, yeah i'll talk about it but i i didn't mean more products i meant more things into the same product to make it more competitive and more extensive uh-huh. uh, yeah so what we do is we have three products in the hotel content space first is what happens is anyone who is selling hotels online need to work with multiple hotel suppliers to get the best hotels as an example in india make my trip is there so for them to do able to work with the multiple hotel suppliers they need to take the uh, content from multiple suppliers and map it so that it can be shown unified way so we have a product for hotel level mapping mm-hmm. so that these travel agencies can show the unified content uh, at a hotel level we have product called room mapping it is again the same thing get different rooms from different suppliers and show the unified rooms to customers and the third is a curated content which allows them to create the right version of a content based on all the available data points which is more important and meaningful for customers to book mm-hmm. uh, so hotel mapping and curated content are the three products we have and what is the tech that you are working on uh, sanjay so it's it's very extensive but largely uh, it is you know a microsoft technology which is mm-hmm. dotnet Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ai uh, ml algorithms where we use python very extensively mm-hmm. great so emerging technologies that mentioned <laughs> so, so um you know uh, i i understand that you know like you know initially you might be a part of the product development right uh, uh, when you started and slowly you started building a team or second line of leaders who would be taking care and giving you the space to think or manage uh, the company in terms of its growth so what kind of a time frame or timeline do you think an entrepreneur should think from uh, being probably a solo entrepreneur uh, to a team of four but still doing all the functional activities to slowly creating that second line of leaders so that he or she can look more into the growth of the company rather than the operational side so you know in my opinion you know solo entrepreneurship is not the best thing right uh and uh, the great thing for me had been you know i had a co-founders who come from a tech and business background mm-hmm. so you know that that's my opinion that having co-founders is more important as less as possible but having at least one co-founder is important because then business becomes fun and you have someone at your level uh, to really share everything support each other that's one mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
second is you know a lot of times people do think that okay as a founder initially you are involved in day to day things and eventually uh, you focus more on the growth in my opinion it depends on your own skills personality and aspirations because a lot of times as in, you know someone come from a technology background founded a company great uh, but he or she just lost technology hmm. so uh, as people grow founders you know start getting their replacement and start doing just growth part which they may not enjoy or may not do uh, that great so i think it is very important to identify what are the strengths and what are the aspirations of founders and decide do you really need uh, what what kind of people you need you need people who can do what you are doing today or you need people who which needs to be done something else which you don't want to do and you know or you rather not the best suited for doing it so in my opinion it all depends uh, moment you started missing things you should try to get someone uh, but is it for growth or is it for product development or it is you know it depends on uh as you see more opportunities in the leadership or more needs in the leadership mm-hmm. clearly identify where you suited best and whatever is missing get people for that mm-hmm. interesting so um sanjay there is uh, there is also csr activity when it comes which is associated right which verbo take takes care of and uh, what uh, what i have read is that you have recently Uh, are planning to go to a village where you're going to hire uh, people and give them job opportunities within Verbo Tech, keeping a company over there. So, can you just you know just give us an idea of what are the different CSR activities that you are doing, and you know especially about uh, uh, the village where you are uh, planning to open up a office. Correct, correct. So we do a lot of small things throughout the year, but I'll talk about this important thing. uh and we have already done that actually so we have started a office in a very remote place on 15th of december we just completed a month uh, you know uh, this week to that office we hired 30 people from that village and the nearby village uh, and we are training those people right now so two and a half months training time so that from april onwards these people become productive and uh, when we went to village there was no internet there is no, nothing like a power backup there is no office setup so we actually worked with local people and worked with vendors and we kind of created a very amazing state of the art kind of office for 60 people in that village mm-hmm. uh, and where we started with the 30 people batch so idea is basically uh you know empowering the people in a rural area because one person joining the company can transform that one family right. uh, so that's the initiative uh, we're very happy with whatever we have achieved till now uh we had been working on this last 7 8 months uh, but i'm i'm super happy and excited that the it is a reality now for more than a month Well, and I'm really excited to hear this because you know now the youngsters or the young generation over there they don't have to go in search of some things in the city or somewhere else, right? Leaving their family behind. So, so this is a great opportunity for them, and I think you're doing awesome. Uh, you know, creating something which is where up up in a place where you know the internet itself is an issue, and trying to figure out you know how you can have job opportunities there so that the families don't have to. get segregated just for the fact that they have to earn money correct correct and there are a lot of other cases so 
there are girls actually who are married and it's mm-hmm. not possible for them to right. be in a different city and you know they have kids parents are not well there are a lot of other reasons so it's very right. easy it's that enough. you work nearby come back uh, in the evening and this way cities will also not get crowded because if you think about companies it companies why they need to be in a city if there is a basic infrastructure in a, a village nearby for an hour or two they can come on the weekends to city for mall right uh, those things can be done you know i think of course the needs are identified the education is a problem so you know the plans are huge with the rural development we're just taking uh, baby steps right now but mm-hmm. as we started working on this we have identified thousands of things which needs to be done well, this... but it takes time as an example get Mm-hmm. from 14 kilometer uh, itself took two months so things takes time definitely uh, but yeah the right steps any any kind of change takes time you know it doesn't happen uh, in just like you know you have a magic wand and you just wish for it and it comes comes true right so anything takes time but definitely it is something which is amazing to hear you know which is a six year old company to think about uh, such activities so early and you know give back to the community many people say we give back to the community but this is something quite inspiring for me to hear and it yeah. is actually I, I, saying yeah. that we are developing india yeah, yeah i keep saying this one thing you know uh, you know to my friends i said you know because a lot of people when they talk they said okay when i earn this much i will donate this much and right. i keep telling this that the people who really want to give it back to society uh they will give it back if you are earning 10 rupees you will and you are giving back 1 rupee right. then only when you earn 10 crore you will give 1 crore okay true if you are not uh, giving back or spending a 1 rupee out of your 10 rupees uh, on someone else even if you are 100 crores you are uh, you will be short of money and you will never spend it. it's a reality there's no right time mm-hmm. uh, in those th- be done from a day one and you can see right big businesses we see around it is in the culture like the look right. at tata's culture there are so many such a huge businesses than tata's uh, you know they will never do things what tata has done in the past so it is in the blood or culture i would say if you do it you do it uh, from day one you don't have to wait right like uh, we have the doha right kal kare so aaj kar aaj kare so ab पल में पर ले होएगी बहुरी करेगो कब आई होप आई सेड इट राइट बट दैट इज दैट इज समथिंग व्हिच माय फादर यूज्ड टू से एवरी टाइम बिकॉज़ आई यूज्ड टू डू आई प्रोबब्ली व्हेन आई वाज अ किड यूज्ड टू अगेन एंड अगेन कीप टेलिंग मी एज इन व्हेन यू गेट दिस हैबिट ऑफ पुशिंग थिंग्स ओके आई डू इट टुमारो आई डू इट टुमारो आई डू इट टुमारो यू विल नेवर डू इट आई एग्री lovely so um you know i i was very excited to discuss this with you for one reason you know you hearing uh, startups coming in uh, tier 2 tier 1 uh, you know three cities and you know they are building up their companies there but something which what you are doing right now again i really want to highlight because i'm really inspired you know these these things are really amazing to hear coming from a 6 year old company and you know investing their time uh, money and effort as well uh, to create a workforce which will be productive as well as which will be meaningful and giving a lot of meaning to their lives so hats off to you <laughs> before i jump on to the next question so sanjay you know, i you know it's a team team effort you know definitely i think 
everyone at Overtech is kind of very excited and you know contributing uh, to this initiative, spending time towards this, and which which made it all possible. Lovely. So, um, Sanjay, what are the like you know on a, at a personal level, we have we have spoken uh, about uh, like like who is Sanjay, and then we have spoken about Verbotech, uh, your. Uh, vision uh, with it, how you have uh, evolved the company over the period of uh, time and what are the different CSR activities uh, that you are doing. So like, you know, on a personal note, like everybody has hobbies, everybody has a stress busting activity or, you know, what are the top three things that that you do normally, you know, when you when you feel that, you know, I, I need to get energized because I want to get creative in terms of technology. So what kind of breaks or what kind of activities that you do to just take your mind off so that you can start fresh? I think uh, I don't wait uh, that, you know, I feel exhausted and I shouldn't mm -hmm. do it. But uh, uh, three things which, you know, I would say I I like uh, fresh. One is definitely, you know, playing with my son. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in half and, you know, spending time with him, playing with him, giving him attention makes me uh, feel very fresh. Mm -hmm. uh, second is you know watching movie uh, uh, you know because I think what happens is when you get into movie which has some context and story mm -hmm. you feel fresh because the thought stopped and you start thinking about the storyline right. you know your mind automatically gets very relaxed pretty quickly in three hours from whatever you know uh, you're doing I don't like the uh, OTT platforms much or web series because there's so much of dark content Mm -hmm. I like the real story based movies or I like, uh, you know, movies which has, there is some brain behind it and not just, mm -hmm. you know, um, who is like animal. Uh, <laughs> okay. But a lot of movies, you know, uh, which make me feel very fresh. Mm -hmm. And uh, third is, uh, I also like, you know, walking alone, listening to music, uh, just Bollywood, Hindi music, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and walking uh, for an hour or so, you know, also make me feel very fresh. So, who's your favorite singer? Uh, so, you know, I don't, uh, you know, listen to one thing, but I like the songs of uh, Mohammad Rafi as well as Kishore Kumar a lot, but I do listen uh, to everything. The classics. I mean, yes. nothing can beat them for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, as in that, I love most, but I listen to everything, I would say. Uh, yeah. Uh, like but only Hindi. Yeah, yeah. For me, it is like, you know, I go back to uh, the old era because uh, like my dad used to listen a lot. So I, I do have a taste of that. So I, I go back to the old era when I need to calm myself down because I don't know, it has a very calming uh, effect on me uh, when it comes uh, to the old uh, 90s, 50s, 60s uh, songs and all. Um, but today's songs, like they are not calming, but they're good. <laughs> thank you Sanjay thank you so much for your time and uh, it it was it was really great talking to you and really great knowing about what Vervotech is uh, doing and it's going to do so it's amazing what you have achieved and all the best for what you are going to achieve in the future it was really wonderful talking to you Veronica thank you thank you for having me 
Thank you for being with us till the end. Your reviews are valuable to us. Do follow us and leave your feedback for us to improve and give you content that has value and inspiration. See you until the next episode.